Welcome everyone to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our very dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. There you'll also see an option to subscribe for a most excellent daily email with both our text reading and the lesson for the day from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lee Flynn. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. Today we begin a new chapter, 20, The Promise of the Resurrection. We'll be reading the introduction, section 2, Holy Week, and section 3, thorns and lilies we're also mindful of today's lesson 224 god is my father and he loves his son glory what have you selected as an opening this morning well i just love this little bit about light from rumi it goes like this when the light returns to its source it takes nothing of what it has illuminated. Now even the heavens are thankful that because of love, I have become a giver of light. God is my Father and he loves his Son. Amen. <laughs> and amen. Thank you, Laurie. Great, Laurie. Thank, thank you. you, Laurie. Beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. Good morning, Micah. You want to join the reading list? Um, I'm not sure I can, uh, but you can put me, sketch me in or pencil me in. Sketch you in. All right. With us and reading this morning, we have Yvonne, Lori, Fran, Robin Marie, Lemoyne, Karen, and Micah then. With us in listening, we have Jessica, Diana, Patricia, and Mindy. Anyone else join us that would like to read or say hi? Hi, I'm listening. <laughs> um, who was that? Uh, Reverend, would you join listening? Oh, oh. Began the the list with thanks from the region of reader of listeners. Thank you. I didn't hear anyone <laughs> And Roz was here too. That's Harris. Hey Harrison. I'll read. Will you join the reading? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. All right. Anyone else? Uh, this is Yvonne. These, uh, the air conditioning people are here. So maybe you can put the end of the okay. list now, okay? Yeah, sure. Pop in later. Okay. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Wendy's here, and I need to be quiet because the class is going on next door. So um, okay. I'm Okay. Thanks. Nice to hear you. Thanks, Wendy. Is that everyone? Hi, Chris is here. Peacefully listening. Good morning, Chris. 
enjoy this. All right. Anyone else? Good morning. Jude's eating a peach. She'll be listening. I think that's everyone. Okay. Well, a quick programming note. You know, he moves into more and more poetry toward the end of the text. It begins abruptly here at chapter 20 with him um, beginning to write more and more uh, and quite suddenly in iambic pentameter as he speaks of of uh, the promise of the resurrection and with more of the poetic elements that he introduces into the iambic pentameter so it's very abrupt and it's very dramatic and uh, and very beautiful and increasingly then across these next five paragraphs these next five chapters the iambic pentameter will build until it overtakes the prose entirely and um as I've mentioned from chapter 7 all the way to 31, um, there isn't a syllable out of a court with perfect iambic pentameter. So we begin chapter 20. And I, uh, I'm just going to tap an unmuted line here. Um, hey, hey, Lee, occasionally a word drop from what you're saying. All right, I'll be very mindful of that. Um, let me know at the end of this paragraph whether you heard everything okay, Micah? Or if, it, if you didn't, maybe you could let me know. Chapter okay. 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, Section 1, Introduction. This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this holy week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of his release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. The slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself. The sign, he looks upon himself as healed, and whole. Lori. The Promise of the Resurrection Introduction. This is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this Holy Week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of His release. For Easter is the sign of peace not pain. A slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself, the sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole. Section 2, Holy Week. This week begins with palms and ends with lilies, the white and holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death, 
and we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns. The gift of love and not the so-called gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand and lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would have the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you. Thank you, Laurie. Fran? Let's see. Are you with us, Fran? Okay, we'll return to Fran. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, I'm sorry. Sure. Me? Now me? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Thank you. Two, Holy Week. This week begins with palms and ends with the white and holy sign that God is innocent. Let no dark sign of crucifixion intervene between the journey and its purpose, between the acceptance of the truth and its expression. This week we celebrate life, not death, and we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love, and not the, quote, gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand and lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would have the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you. Three, we cannot be united to fiction and in death, nor can the resurrection be complete till your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. A week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory and the promise of the resurrection already given him. Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it with the light of his own innocence and lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near. But let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies lead him on his way to resurrection. Thank you, Fran. Robin Marie. Three. We cannot be united in crucifixion and in death, nor can the resurrection be complete till your forgiveness rests on Christ along with mine. A week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey the Son of God has undertaken. He started with the sign of victory, the promise of the resurrection already given him. Let him not wander into the temptation of crucifixion and delay him there. Help him to go in peace beyond it 
with the light of his own innocence lighting his way to his redemption and release. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near, but let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies speed him on his way to resurrection. Four, Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. If you see glimpses of the face of Christ behind the veil, looking between the snow-white petals of the lilies, lilies you have received and given as your gift, you will behold each other's face and recognize it. I was a stranger, and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet for your gift of lilies you will know. In your forgiveness of this stranger, alien to you, and yet your ancient friend, lie his release and your redemption with him. The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. Thank you, Robin Murray. Lemoyne. Easter is not the celebration of the cost of sin, but of its end. <clears throat> if you see glimpses of the face of Christ behind the veil, looking between the snow-white petals of the lilies you have received and given as your gift, you will behold each other's face and recognize it. I was a stranger, and you took me in, not knowing who I was. Yet, for your gift of lilies, you will know. In your forgiveness of this stranger, alien to you, and yet your ancient friend, lie his release and your redemption with, with him. <clears throat> the time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. Section 3, Thorns and Lilies. <clears throat> Look upon all the trinkets made to hang upon the body or to cover it or for its use. See all the useless things made for its eyes to see. Think on the many offerings made for its pleasure and remember all these were made to make seem lovely what you hate. Would you employ this hated thing to draw your brother to you and to attract his body's eyes? Learn you, but offer him a crown of thorns, not recognizing it for what it is and trying to justify your own interpretation of its value by his acceptance. Yet still the gift proclaims his worthlessness to you as his acceptance and delight acknowledges the lack of value he places upon himself. Thank you, Lemoyne. 
Karen, Title 5 and 6, thank you. Three, thorns and lilies. Number five, look upon all the trinkets made to hang upon the body or to cover it or for its use. See all the useless things made for its eyes to see. Think on the many offerings made for its pleasure. And remember, all these things were made to make seem lovely what you hate. Would you employ this hated thing to draw your brother to you, to attract his body's eyes? Learn, you but offer him a crown of thorns, not recognizing it for what it is, and trying to justify your own interpretation of its value by his acceptance. Yet still the gift proclaims his worthlessness to you as his acceptance and delight acknowledges the lack of value he places on himself. Six, gifts are not made through bodies, if they be truly given and received. For bodies can neither offer nor accept, hold out nor take. Only the mind can value, and only the mind decides on what it would receive and give. And every gift it offers depends on what it wants. It will adorn its chosen home most carefully, making it ready to receive the gifts it wants by offering them to those who come unto its chosen home or those it would attract to it. And there they will exchange their gifts, offering and receiving what their minds judge to be worthy of them. Thank you, Karen. Micah. Okay. Hold on just a second. Uh, Okay, paragraph six. Gifts are not made through bodies if they be truly given and received. For bodies can neither offer nor accept, hold out nor take. Only the mind can value, and only the mind decides on what it would receive and give. And every gift it offers depends on what it wants. It will adorn its chosen home most carefully, making it ready to receive the gifts it wants by offering them to those who come unto its chosen home or those it would attract to it. And there they will exchange their gifts, offering and receiving what their minds judge to be worthy of them. 7. Each gift is an evaluation of the receiver and the giver. No one but sees in his chosen home an altar to himself. No one but seeks to draw to it the worshippers of what he placed upon it, making it worthy of their devotion. And each has set a light upon his altar that they may see what he has placed upon it and take it for their own. 
Here is the value that you lay upon your brother and on yourself. Here is your gift to both, your judgment on the Son of God for what he is. Forget not that it is your Savior to whom the gift is offered. Offer him thorns and you are crucified. Offer him lilies and it is yourself you free. Thank you, Micah. Harrison. Each gift is an evaluation of the receiver and the giver. No one but sees in his chosen home an altar to himself. No one but seeks to draw to it the worshipers of what he placed upon it, making it worthy of their devotion. And each has set a light upon his altar that they may see what he has placed upon it and take it for their own. Here is the value that you lay upon your brother and on yourself. Here is your gift both, your judgment on the Son of God for what he is. Forget not that it is your Savior to whom the gift is offered. Offer him thorns, and you are crucified. Offer him lilies, and it is yourself you free. Eight, I have great need for lilies, for the Son of God has not forgiven me. <clears throat> And can I offer him forgiveness when he offers thorns to me? For he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still. And who is able and, and who is whole without him? Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. If it be thorns, which points gleam sharply in a blood-red light, the body is your chosen home, and it is separation that you offer me. And yet the thorns are gone. Look you still closer at them now, and you will see your altar is no longer what it was. Thank you, Harrison. Yvonne, do you happen to be free? Yes, I am. Thank you, Lee. Perfect. Eight. I have great need for lilies, for the Son of God has not forgiven me. And can I offer him forgiveness 
when he offers thorns to me? For he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still. And who is whole without him? Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven, and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home, and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. If it be thorns whose points gleam sharply in a blood-red light, your body is your chosen home, and it is separation that you offer me. And yet the thorns are gone. Look you still closer at them now, and you will see your altar is no longer what it was. You look still with the body's eyes, and they can see but thorns. Yet you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also his vision. And what enables him to see his purpose shine forth from every altar now is yours as well as his. He sees no strangers, only dearly beloved and loving friends. He sees no thorns, but only lilies, gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Yvonne. How about a new reader for 9 and 10? Morning, Lee. It's Mindy. I can read. Thanks. Ah. But give me a moment to scroll back because that's what my phone and is. And it would be done. Mm-hmm. Nine and ten, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, thanks. My phone made me lose my place again, so thanks for your patience. Nine and ten. You look still with the body's eyes, and they can see but thorns. Yet you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also his vision And what enables him to see his purpose shine forth from every altar now is yours as well as his. He sees no strangers, only dearly loved and loving friends. He sees no thorns, but only lilies, gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves. This Easter... Look with different eyes upon each other. You have forgiven me. And yet I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not. Nor can you use what I have given unless you share it. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and then laid aside. Listen and hear this carefully. Nor think it but a dream a careless thought to play with, or a toy you would pick up from time to time and then put by. For if you do, so will it be to you. Thank you, Mindy. How about another new reader? 10 and 11. 
I can read, Lee. It's Jessica. Um, Ten. This Easter, can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. It clicks out and then. This Easter, look with different eyes upon each other. You have forgiven me. And yet, I cannot use your gift of lilies while you see them not. Nor can you use what I have given unless you share it. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. Listen and hear this carefully, nor think it but a dream, a careless thought to play with or a toy you would pick up from time to time and then put by. For if you do, so will it be to you. 11. You have the vision now to look past all illusions. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions, knowing his Savior stands behind him? With him, your vision has become the greatest power for the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. For what God gave the Holy Spirit, you have received. The Son of God looks unto you for his release. For you have asked for and been given the strength to look upon this final obstacle and see no thorns nor nails to crucify the Son of God and crown him king of death. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. It has been carefully prepared for you, and it is ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes, yet all of you, yet all you need, you have. Thank you, Jessica. Do we have another new reader? Okay, back to you, Lori. You have the vision now to look past all illusions. It has been given you to see no thorns, no strangers, and no obstacles to peace. The fear of God is nothing to you now. Who is afraid to look upon illusions, knowing his Savior stands beside him? With him, your vision has become the greatest power for the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. For what God gave the Holy Spirit, you have received. The Son of God looks unto you for his release, for you have asked for and have been given the strength to look upon this final obstacle and see no thorns nor nails to crucify the Son of God and crown him King of Death. Your chosen home is on the other side, beyond the veil. It has been carefully prepared for you, and it is ready to receive you now. You will not see it with the body's eyes, yet all you need, you have. 
12. Your home has called to you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard but knew not how to look nor where, and now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. The song of Easter is the glad refrain, the Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear, but faith. And there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness, and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. Thank you, Lori. Fran? Well, your home has called to you since time began, nor have you ever failed entirely to hear. You heard, but knew not how to look nor where. And now you know. In you the knowledge lies, ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. The song of Easter is the glad refrain, the Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear, but faith. And there will be no fear in us, for in our vision will be no illusions, only a pathway to the open door of heaven, the home we share in quietness and where we live in gentleness and peace as one together. 13. Would you not have your holy brother lead you there? His innocence will light your way, offering you its guiding light and sure protection and shining from the holy altar within him where you lay the lilies of forgiveness. Let him be to you the savior from illusion and look on him with the new vision that looks upon the lilies and brings you joy. We go beyond the veil of fear, lighting each other's way. The holiness that leads us is within us, as is our home. So will we find what we were meant to find by him who leads us. Thank you, Fran. Robin Marie. Thirteen. Would you not have your holy brother lead you there? His innocence will light your way, offering you its guiding light and sure protection, and shining from the holy altar within him where you laid the lilies of forgiveness. Let him be to you the savior from illusions, and look on him with the new vision that looks upon the lilies and brings you joy. We go beyond the veil of fear, lighting each other's way. The holiness that leads us is within us, as is our home. So will we find what we were meant to find by him who leads us. 14. This is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter, in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. Now he is free. Now is he free, unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. Now are the lilies of his innocence 
untouched by guilt and perfectly protected from the cold chill of fear and withering blight of sin alike. Your gift has saved him from the thorns and nails, and his strong arm is free to guide you safely through them and beyond. Walk with him now rejoicing, for the Savior from illusions has come to greet you and lead you home with him. Thank you, Robin Marie. Good morning. This this is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. Now is he free, unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. Now are the lilies of his innocence untouched by guilt and perfectly protected from the cold chill of fear and withering blight of sin alike. Your gift has saved him from the thorns and nails, and his strong arm is free to guide you safely through them and beyond. Walk with him now rejoicing, for the Savior from illusions has come to greet you and lead you home with him. Here is your Savior and your friend, released from crucifixion through your vision and free to lead you now where he would be. He will not leave you nor forsake the Savior from his pain. <clears throat> and gladly will you walk the way of innocence together singing as you behold the open door of heaven and recognize the home that called to you. Give joyously to one another the freedom and the strength to lead you there and come before each other's holy altar where the strength and freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads you home. The lamp is lit in both of you for one another, and by the hands that gave it to each other shall both of you be led past fear to love. Thank you, Lemoyne. And is there a new reader who would enjoy concluding with 15? Okay, Karen. Fifteen. Here is your Savior and your friend, released from crucifixion through your vision and free to, lead, free to lead you now where he would be. He will not leave you, nor forsake the Savior from his pain. And gladly will you walk the way of innocence together, singing, as you behold the open door of heaven, and recognize the home that called to you. Give joyously to one another the freedom and the strength to lead you there, and come before each other's holy altar where the strength and freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads you home. The lamp is lit in both of you 
for one another. And by the hands that gave it to each other, shall both of you be led past fear to love. Thank you, Karen. To recap then this opening of our new chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, from the introduction, this is Palm Sunday, the celebration of victory and the acceptance of the truth. Let us not spend this Holy Week brooding on the crucifixion of God's Son, but happily in the celebration of his release. For Easter is the sign of peace, not pain. A slain Christ has no meaning, but a risen Christ becomes the symbol of the Son of God's forgiveness of himself. The sign he looks upon himself as healed and whole. From section two, Holy Week, this week begins with palms and ends with lilies. The white and holy sign, the Son of God is innocent. This week we celebrate life, not death, and we honor the perfect purity of the Son of God and not his sins. Offer each other the gift of lilies, not the crown of thorns, the gift of love and not the gift of fear. You stand beside each other, thorns in one hand, lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. Join now with me and throw away the thorns, offering the lilies to replace them. This Easter, I would have the gift of your forgiveness offered by you to me and returned by me to you. From three, a week is short, and yet this holy week is the symbol of the whole journey of the Son of God. Hold him not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near, but let the whiteness of your shining gift of lilies speed him on his way to resurrection. From four, The time of Easter is a time of joy and not of mourning. Look on your risen friend and celebrate his holiness along with me. For Easter is the time of your salvation along with mine. Section 3, Thorns and Lilies. From paragraph 6, only the mind can value. And only the mind decides on what it would receive and give. And every gift it offers depends on what it wants. From seven, each gift is an evaluation of the receiver and the giver. Here is the value that you lay upon your brother and on yourself. Forget not that it is your Savior to whom the gift is offered. Offer him thorns, and you are crucified. Offer him lilies, and it is yourself you free. From eight, he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still. Be you his friend for me, that I may be forgiven, and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home, and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. 
from nine, you have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share also his vision. He sees no thorns, but only lilies, gleaming in the gentle glow of peace that shines on everything he looks upon and loves. This Easter, look with different eyes upon each other. The Holy Spirit's vision is no idle gift, no plaything to be tossed about a while and laid aside. From 11, you have the vision now to look past all illusions. Your vision has become the greatest power for the undoing of illusion that God himself could give. From 12, in you, knowledge lies ready to be unveiled and freed from all the terror that kept it hidden. There is no fear in love. The song of Easter is the glad refrain. The Son of God was never crucified. Let us lift up our eyes together, not in fear, but faith. From 13, let not, rather, let your holy brother be to you the savior from illusions and look on him with the new vision that looks upon the lilies and brings you joy we go beyond the veil of fear lighting each other's way the holiness that leads us is within us as is our home from 14 this is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter, in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. And lastly, here is your Savior and your friend, released from crucifixion through your vision and free to lead you now where he would be and come before each other's holy altar where the strength and freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads you home the lamp is lit in both of you for one another and by the hands that gave it to each other shall both of you be led past fear to love amen thank you everyone That's beautiful. Thank you, Lee. Yeah. Thank you. A beautiful 15. Thank you, Lee. Mm. And we rolled right past the top of the hour. Fran is prepared to lead us all through today's lesson review. Thank you so much, Fran. My phone keeps cutting in and out. I don't know if it's me or the call or what, but uh, it else may be. There is a little thing in and out um, for your line. Fran, can we wait and ask you to dial back in, dear? I noticed that earlier. Sure. Yeah, You'll probably sure. be I'll much happier. Okay. Okay.
we don't have the notes for this um, for this chapter that we don't have in her handwriting what she wrote in this chapter and I so long to have seen how her handwriting would be just um, elevated to something I just felt she must have felt so beatific just um, just writing this that must have really moved her Fran yeah I'm back thank you Okay, um, we're on the second part of the workbook. Hi, everybody. We're on the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is what is forgiveness. And today we are on Lesson 224. So I shall read some from What is Forgiveness, and then we'll move over to the lesson. What is forgiveness? Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and make them real. It sees there was no sin, and in this view are all your sins forgiven. An unforgiving thought is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. The mind is closed and will not be released. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Distortion is its purpose and the means by which it would accomplish it as well. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality nor seeks to twist it to appearance that it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would forgive himself must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who died, your savior and defender, strong in hope and certain success. He has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive whom he has saved whose sinlessness he sees, and whom he honors as the Son of God. Now we'll go over to Lesson 224. (coughs) 224. God is my Father, and he loves his Son. My true identity is so secure, so lofty, sinless, glorious, and great, holy, that heaven looks to it to light, to give it light. It lights the world as well. It is the gift of my, that my Father gave me, the one as well I give the world. There is no gift but this that can be either given or received. This is reality, and only this. This is illusion's end. It is the truth. My name of God. I have forgotten it. Who I am, but what it is I do. Remind me, Father, now, for I am weary of the world. Reveal what you said. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 224. God is my Father. He loves his son. Fran, if I may. 
your line was dropping out so much. I, it would probably be a good. I repeat the prayer, and then we'll take that little moment. Uh, I count on you to bring us out. Allow me to share that prayer. My name, okay. O oh Father, still is to you. I have forgotten it and do not know where I am going, who I am, or what it is I do. Remind me, Father, now, for I am weary of the world I see. Reveal what you would have me see instead. Lesson 224, God is my Father, and he loves his Son. Amen. Thank you, Lee. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, Fran. Fran, that was a great, great little survey. Your fun didn't drop out a lot until right at the end there. um, Mm. So you heard the rest. Sorry. Thanks, guys. Well, oh, that's a curiosity. We'll figure it out, what's going on with your line. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to call back again. <laughs> you know, it couldn't hurt. And we'll determine quickly if it's the line or if it's something um, closer to okay. home there. Okay. Good morning. It's Karen. Um, is it okay if I share? Of course. I'm kind of. I'm very excited about something that I wanted to share. Um, So it says in what is forgiveness? Uh, Unforgiving, the purpose of unforgiving thought is distortion. And forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offers no aspect of reality, nor seeks to twist it to appearances it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. So um, yesterday, I was driving uh, up the New Jersey Parkway, which is a huge nightmare traffic thing anyway, but there was a uh, fire on a truck and the traffic was stopped and I didn't have, I had an appointment and I wasn't going to get there. And um, I often feel guilty because I love I love the community, spiritual community I was with in India for 30 years. I love it. And, and ironically, it happens on a daily live stream every day during the Course in Miracles, the calls and the text readings. 
and it breaks my heart to turn that off and do this. But um, I know I have to, I've made a commitment at least for a year that this is what I'm doing, and that's that. You know, so um, I get to this uh, huge traffic nightmare, and all I did was I just opened. I just opened and waited and judged it not. I didn't do anything. I didn't project anything on it. I didn't, um, my mind didn't go into anything, into any dramas or any fear or any like trying to manipulate it or figure out what to do or any of that. Like there were choices. I could try to get in a lane to get off the highway or I could continue going even though nothing was moving or, you know, but I just put put it in pause. And yesterday's lesson was, God is my life. So I just kept thinking, God is my life. This is okay. I'm not going to judge it. We'll see what happens. You know, if it's still like this at the time of my appointment, and it was, I texted the acupuncture person and I told him I was stuck. But but it was just, and so today, um, I thought about what I would have done before the course. And I was with this Indian, this community of um, spiritual community for so many years. And when this used to happen, when I was in that community, my mind would say, I'm being punished. (laughs) God is torturing me. I was projecting all of my childhood history upon the, the present moment as a distortion. And I can't tell you how many times I got lost or... I was stuck in traffic, and I just felt like the guru was torturing me. And I started thinking, maybe I'm supposed to rage. Maybe I haven't processed my anger. (laughs) I would go into so many fits of trying to interpret. And instead of doing any interpretation, I said, what is my chosen home? My chosen home is the Holy Spirit and the truth that's being taught in the Course in Miracles. My chosen home is not the body, and the body not liking this situation, and the body not, uh, you know, having its tantrum or whatever. And there wasn't even an emotional tantrum to be had because I just opened instead of contracting around what was happening that I didn't appreciate or might not have appreciated before. I didn't even have, I didn't even have a judgment. Anyway, I just wanted to share the glory of the Course is to straighten out something that was, you know, I had a rough childhood. I had a lot of trauma and a lot of torture in my childhood. And for 30 years, I was, with, I was just a guru, and I just kept projecting my childhood on that experience. I, could, I, couldn't, I couldn't heal my mind. And, and there are a lot of sick people who gravitate to those kinds of gurus with a lot of damage. And it's really not meant to, to, to purify that. You know, I mean, sometimes things happen in meditation, but otherwise there's so much acting out. And the Course is just so purifying. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I'm complete. Sorry it was so long. Oh, no, that's wonderful. Thanks, Karen. Oh, that was, that was just phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Yes, I, I, I especially appreciate any time you or anybody shares 
a connection with the personal story because it really shows how alive this course is and how it truly can work in our lives. So I, I do appreciate your input. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Diana. Most breakthrough stuff, Karen. Thanks. I just want to say, where else could you get this? <laughs> it's so, <laughs> so practical and healing. I, I mean, it's just so practical and divine. I'm complete. So precious and pure, huh? Thank you, Karen. I love it. How about that first line in the in the lesson? I'm sorry, I'll just stay with this first line. Um, was that you, Karen? <laughs> Let me just yeah. ask whoever ran. It's Robin Murray. Hey. Go ahead, Lee. Oh, no, after you, dear. Oh, I was just uh, being thankful that in this Lesson 224, in the prayer, it is so wonderful to know that we can say, reveal what you would have me see instead every time. And the Holy Spirit is right there to answer us. And the more we do that, the more we see that it is really true that he is trustworthy, faithful, holy, pure. Just, it's just amazing. Thank you. Boy, that's, that's beautiful. Thanks, Robin Marie. Just exactly what I was going to say. Um, it feels to me that there's something so centrally about how the Course says, I can trade the world the ego looks upon for what, for the world that Holy Spirit and vision would restore to my sight with just the desire and the willingness to do so. So I heard in those last two lines a couple of things. One is, Beyond this world, there is a world I want. And it's as simple as having the world ego sees overtaken by what vision would show me instead. And another way of putting that is, of course, to say, remind me, Father, I'm so weary of the world I see. Reveal what you would have me see instead. I see in that um, a precursor to later lessons that say, let not your holy world escape my sight today. And I see in that as well. Um, one other that came to mind, I think what it was. Oh, the prayer of Helen's that says, let me this day awaken quietness with only thoughts of sinlessness through which to look upon the world. Let me today behold the world as you would have it be. For I'm as you created me, this I accept today. That in that daily prayer, I've always really enjoyed that she would think to ask, let me today behold the world as you would have it be. It's the same prayer as reveal what you would have me see instead. 
I'm so tired of the world. I see. I'm complete. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Hi, this is Chris. Yeah, I love the passage in what we read where it says that you have the vision now. And of course, it's it's not the uh, body's eyes. Um, and to me, that inner vision is, I called my observer inner eyes where I'm the observer self and that observer self has no obstacles to peace it is peace it is gentleness and that that's the peace that observes that looks in a non-crucifying way which to me means looking at what the body and mind presents with gentleness and acceptance using this insight um, and just seeing it just seeing it pass just gently and accepting seeing it pass because that's what that's what uh, happens when you see it in that changeless gentle inner eyes and eternal because that's that's eternal that never changes that awareness um and and that brothers seeing my holy brother's innocence means to look at him with that new vision because my holy my brother presents to me what i have um identified with and condemn myself so using that mirror my brother is showing me what I've identified within myself and condemn myself for that uh, so if I spot it I got that spot in my mind but that observer self that sees that spot and cleanses and purifies it in the light of that awareness that's it it's my internal mr clean i love it i'm complete <laughs> thank you that thanks, was fun. Chris. thanks chris Okay, well, hey, um, as to our introduction to Chapter 20, Promise of the Resurrection, there are a couple of things that I see he establishes really quickly here. One is to let me know that I stand 
in the midst of two options for the world that I see, and both of them are reflected in my choices as to whether to continue to stand in a world um, of conflict or choose instead to be introduced to a world um, of peace. And they're represented by the fact that in relation to my relationships, he can tell me, you stand beside each other, thorns in one hand and lilies in the other, uncertain which to give. That brings everything about the metaphysics of the world down to this moment and this experience and this relationship. Which is it I'll be guided by in terms of how to deal with another brother in this very moment? Will it be the world of conflict I draw from to regard and deal and relate to this brother or this world of peace? this world of gathering peace that I've been introduced to. So that's one thing that he suggests and offers and introduces when he can say to me, given the choice between thorns and uh, lilies, at the end of three, hold this brother not back with thorns and nails when his redemption is so near, but let the whiteness of your shiny gift of lilies speed him on his way to resurrection. Something else really important we're given in this introduction is his meaning that he's always um, implied throughout the book when he says, forgive me. And when he says, as in this reading, you haven't yet forgiven me. And we often inquire, what in the world could that possibly mean? What do I have against Jesus that I need to forgive but he makes that perfectly clear in paragraph 8 when he offers the key and it's this he tells me he who offers thorns to anyone is against me still so that's how it works ah I can't have forgiven Jesus or Christ fully while I harbor unforgiveness toward any other. And so he's throwing his lot in with everyone else's. Don't pretend like you know what it is to fully have forgiven me um, until you have uh, come to an order of forgiveness that applies to all your brothers. He who offers thorns to anyone is against me still. You can see how really full it would be then if I come to a place where he can say, oh my, you have forgiven me. I have finally been forgiven by you. It would be him according a recognition that I've come to some order of forgiveness that extends at a fundamental level to everyone a recognition of innocence that undoes all my justifications for condemnation and unforgiveness toward all. He continues in that paragraph 8, Be you this brother's friend for me, that I may be forgiven and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. But first, he said, look upon the altar in your chosen home 
and see what you have laid upon it to offer me. He begins in this section, you guys remember, by saying, you will establish what's valuable to you by determining what it is you set on your altar to attract others. Is it, is it a gift that represents the exaltation of the body and separation? Or is it a gift that reflects what the Christ has shown you is of inestimable value that you've begun to set about um, establishing as your home and that you offer this brother? What is the gift on your inner altar that you're setting to attract another? Is it a gift of the heart or one of the body? Um, a gift of Holy Spirits or one fashioned by the ego? It's just an inquiry. No guilt around it. But you can say in eight, look you first upon this altar in your chosen home and see what you've laid upon it. And instead of suggesting what I've laid upon it is what I'm using to attract another to me. He says, what is it you're offering me? Is it lilies here or is it thorns? Is it some version of what's, um, I, you get the idea. I'm not sure there's much more I needed to or felt I wanted to um, especially feature. Um, but what a, what a fabulous introduction to a chapter, huh? Nothing short of this is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter, the way he begins that paragraph 14, in which we join in glad awareness, this from 14, that the Son of God is risen, risen from the past, and has awakened, awakened to the present, that's the whole journey of this course um, in a turn of a phrase. The only thing that has ever held me bound has been what the, t the past has taught me and what I've held of the past against everyone and against this life and against this world and against this moment. And my deliverance, my resurrection, is always a resurrection and deliverance into the nature of the present, beyond everything the past had done to spoil my experience of the present. The Son of God has risen from the past and has awakened the present. And by the hands that gave it to each other shall both of you be led past fear to love. Um, another lovely, lovely section. I'm complete. Thanks. Thank you, Lee. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you bet. This is Robin Marie, and I just keep seeing all of us um, with our hearts so full and 
our arms full of lilies, that when we see people, they just spell out. When we see anyone, we can offer them lilies that way. Quite an offer. Thanks, Robin Marie. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank That's you, Robin Marie. That's how I see you people. This is Yvonne. Um, I don't have the reading with me right now. I'm just down in the kitchen. But uh, I just want to say, because I've, I've just been feeling this today as I was reading, I'm looking at this whole chapter now in a much different way than I did many years ago uh, when I fixated on the thorns and the, and the lilies. And, and I, of course, I, I, uh, I connected the thorns to the crucifixion and all of that. And, and today, and when I was reading it, I, I pulled out a lot of the paragraphs that Lee had pulled out, especially there's the present, you know, and the past, living in the present. And uh, it's just the love that, that came through today for me. Um, I mean, I really felt a lot. I really felt a lot for Jesus, but at the same time, I knew it wasn't a personal thing per se. And... Um, I'm really happy and grateful that all of this came through today for me. So I'm complete. Thank you. That was good to hear. Thanks, Yvonne. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Yvonne. Thank you, Yvonne. Welcome. Thank you, everyone. Good morning. This is Patricia. I have a seven-acre farm here and use a form of gardening called permaculture where I allow all the uh, native growth to lead and then I add on things to complement and follow what the wild does. It's a wonderful way to garden. So we've got, I don't know, couple dozen different types of fruiting trees and nut trees and berries and all kinds of foods growing now and I just wanted to give you a, what the course gives me the beauty of uh, a world that 
is co-created fresh every minute with no memory to limit, limit what I see. So thorns actually are, are, oh, I don't know, maybe about three inches long, from two to three inches long in every fruiting tree. And it's the heirloom's intelligence of, of our trees, actually, to have those thorns, to give uh, nature its place for the fruits that drop on the ground. That's the gift for those to come. It's the time for that to be received. And the thorns sit up there also to uh, protect the ongoing life. So many of them are able to become seeds and continue, and it's so beautiful. But even more, did you know this, that when we stop having to work at cultivating life and we just watch it and enhance it, or I'll say, I've been learning this in the garden, that right now the cucumbers and the pumpkins and all the vines that grow, they don't grow for us to build trellises. They grow to wind up those trees and be protected in those three-foot thorns. Or literally, this is when I was sold to study this course in gardening, when I saw in October pumpkins hanging from the branches of the trees and learning that, well, that's what nature makes a vine for, is to climb and twine and use the thorns. Use the thorns to be guided for your place, to ripen freely and give off your seeds. So I just wanted to let you know that because it's so beautiful watching this intelligence that nature and that is there for us to just let it happen. Let the cup be whatever we want it to be in the table and know the, the glory of the thorn, the rose, the lilies. Oh, and the lilies, oh my gosh. What they do, they, anyway, I could go on and on. But, uh, I'll leave it at the thorns for now, how beautiful they are and how much they do in the garden. Thank you. Thanks for that perspective, yeah. Patricia. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you. Is your phone acting up still, Fran, or are you hearing things more clearly? I'm hearing things more clearly. I don't know if you're hearing me. How did I just sound just now? Well, we'll tell you, we'll tell you in the after call if we hear a little more from you in the after call, unless you have a little okay. more to share with us now. No, I don't think so. I'm having fun listening here, <laughs> relaxing. Right. Good. Yes.
I do feel the same way that I, I don't remember exactly who said it, that they see this section different from, from any other time. I do see it different also. I, it's so funny. I, sometimes I feel like I'm reading this for the first time, <clears throat> and I love that feeling. But it's new. I'm complete. Yeah, thank How you, did that Fran. sound? Thank you, Fran. How did that sound? Thank you. It sounded really good. Really good. It sounded was good. Clear. I'm talking okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. Good. Yeah, I haven't broken up yet. Harrison, are you with us? I'm the. Kind of. Okay. Um, I was just uh, I was just suddenly prompted uh, to um, to just give you a shout out. Ask if you had anything you could share with us about your experience of this opening to chapter twenty from from across the years. Well, nothing comes to mind immediately. Maybe only yeah. Call. Thank you, brother. Uh, this is Micah. <clears throat> I, in paragraph three, there there was a little spark there that when Jesus mentioned the word Christ, and then uh, it it started to kind of, and then again, um, he mentions the face of Christ in paragraph four, and it really started a. A movement or an awareness or the turning of the lens in the direction of a oneness started to happen in that paragraph eight Lee where you had highlighted it so so beautifully um, but I'll, I'll just reread it because there that's where this sense of oneness really began to blossom and it says be you his friend for me that I may be forgiven and you may look upon the Son of God as whole. Um, But look you first upon the altar in your chosen home and see what you have laid upon it to, to offer me. And that whole relationship with Jesus being you know, forgiving our friend is is in this movement into the Son of God is whole. You know, it just was a beautiful kind of melting of how, and a movement away from how my separate egoic mind uh, compartmentalizes, and yet wholeness of the Christ is a whole different matrix. Um, 
and I and I I like this vision he's opening up. You know, he says in nine, you look still with the body's eyes, yet you have asked for and viewed another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own share his vision. And that I keep going back to that, um, that how he, Jesus writes about the vision in, in the greater joining where he, you know, he speaks of, well, I can read it every day, and you know, the Holy Spirit is in both your minds and he is one. Because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. The gap between your bodies matters not, for what is joined in him is always one. And then the, you know, the and the Father comes to join his Son, that the Holy Spirit joined. And that vision, you know, the Holy Spirit's vision right now, you know, if I just open up and and turn the, the lens of awareness in the direction of wh- how is the Holy Spirit's, what is the Holy Spirit's vision of like the room I'm in, you know, the way, the way you know, Roz is here. What, what is the Holy Spirit's vision of this conference call? And um, it's pretty astounding, I'm sure. And uh, the Holy Spirit's function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. The holy, this holy picture healed entirely does he hold out to every separate piece that thinks it is a picture in itself. Each he offers his identity, which the whole picture represents instead of just a little broken bit that he insisted was himself. Um, it's, it's pretty startling, and I, I kind of wanted to share, I don't know if this will tie in, but I, I came across this from A Course of Love this morning, and uh, it just, I, it was so rich, and so I want to share this one. The self of form, as form, could never truly experience the all of everything that is the natural state of the formless. And um, yeah, and thanks, Chris, for um, highlighting the observer self. That was so beautiful, and, and the connection to awareness and that change, the changeless that nature of that matrix of the observer self. Uh, that that was really beautiful. But anyway, to go on with this quote, uh, the self of form as form can never truly experience the all of everything that is the natural state of the formless. But the true self cannot cease to experience its natural state, the state of Christ's consciousness, sharing in unity the all of everything So these two states, the state of form and the state of unity, are both in existence right now. In the state of unity, your truth is fully aware of the elevated self of form 
and is fully participating in its experiences and feelings. The elevated self of form, however, being a form that still exists in time, must realize the consciousness of the true self in time. I'm going to read that part again. The elevated self of form, however, being a form that still exists in time, must realize the consciousness of the true self in time. What this means is that the elevated self of form may still need time to come to know the changes that occur in time, although they are already accomplished in unity. And this this time-space dimension is so, you know, it's a curious dimension. And, and the, the Christ mind, the Christ self is out of time. It's total oneness. Like this? Forgive me, are you able to hear uh, yeah. me, Micah? I can May I ask whether we might you conclude into the after call and allow Lori uh, to share before we conclude the call? Um, oh, I'd love to. Would that be- no, I'm done. I'm done. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to cut off. I, I didn't know how much more you had before you there. I'm really enjoying it. I hope I hope it can continue. Love your dogs. They're beautiful. Good boys. <laughs> oh, and okay, we have one. Are you the, are you with us, Lori? I am. Yes, I am. Um, well, let's see here. I'm Thank you, Michael. Um, I, am I off mute? Yes, you are. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Oh, uh-huh. okay. That's all right. I'm, I'm looking at um, paragraph nine and quite enamored of it, where he says, You have asked for and received another sight. Those who accept the Holy Spirit's purpose as their own also share his vision. And I'm remembering how he began chapter 19 talking about the universal purpose. And he said, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Faith only sees wholeness. Faith only sees innocence. And so he's repeating the same idea here, saying, you have asked for and received another sight because you accepted the Holy Spirit's purpose as your own. And when I remember that purpose, that purpose of wholeness, of joining, of um, heaven, the gift we owe each other for the debt of gratitude, we give to the Son of God for what he is. I mean, everything is pointing to the same thing, particularly today's lesson. Because I just love today's lesson. And I'm going to repeat the line that's saying this to me. (laughs) 
My true identity, capital I, is so secure, so lofty, sinless, glorious, and great, holy, beneficent, free from guilt, that heaven looks to it to give it light, and it lights the world as well. It is the gift my Father gave me, the one as well I give the world. There is no gift but this that can be either given or received. No gift but this that can be given or received. If darkness darkens my mind, I'm not aware of the love that I am, nor am I aware of the love that my brother is. Nor can I possibly be aware of the shared capital identity that belonged to both of us. And so this section, this beautiful section, the week, Holy Week, the whole journey of the Son of God, the journey is from condemnation and guilt to innocence and holiness, resurrection as my true identity, the identity we all share. I used to um, I used to think that forgiveness was something that I had to do. But the reason forgiveness is my gift, the gift of God to me, is the same reason that faith is the gift of the Holy Spirit. All this is already done in Christ, in Christ's resurrection, where the Son of God, or Son of Man, the Son of Man becomes the Son of God. It's only by allowing the acceptance of this forgiveness of myself. When I accept that I am forgiven, I automatically extend that. Why? Because it's the only thing I value. That's why he uses words like altar and holiness. I can give but what I value. The question becomes, what do I value? What do I value in this world that takes me to heaven? What is it I value? And when that's firmly established in my heart-mind, I value innocence. That's what I'm going to protect at all costs. And innocence must be shared, just like holiness must be shared. He says, holiness must be shared for therein lies everything that makes it holy. If I take one little piece of your holiness away from you, I'll experience that as an injury to myself. That's why, that's how this capital S self maintains its wholeness in my mind and in my heart. When I share it, I know what it is. When I realize that's all I want, that's what I'll give. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's why he says it looks and waits and judges not. Let forgiveness show you. 
let forgiveness show you. I don't need to manufacture it as an ego. I never could. That's why forgiveness is my gift of holiness because it comes not from me. I allow it. I allow truth. I accept truth. I accept the love of God. And when that's all I want, that's all I'm going to give. And he puts a punctuation mark on it, a beautiful punctuation mark on it. I think it's in chapter, or not chapter, in, well, it's both in paragraphs 13, 14, 13, 14, and 15. See, it's the bright awareness, he says, that leads you home. Come before each other's holy altar where the strength of freedom wait to offer and receive the bright awareness that leads each other home. The lamp is lit in both of you for one another. I'm looking for the line that says, there it is right there. This is the way to heaven and to the peace of Easter in which we join in glad awareness that the Son of God, that's all of us, is risen from the past and has awakened to the present. I don't hold anything of my past against my brother. That's what projection is. When I'm holding my past against my brother, I'll project it. I hold nothing of my past against my brother when I'm free to the present. Now, is he free? Here's the really great part. Unlimited in his communion with all that is within him. We contain each other in this capital S self, in the one mind that we all share. And I can only know that as I share it. I can only keep it as my own when I give it. That's why the lessons of the Holy Spirit are to have give all to all, teach peace to learn it and be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. I keep my eye on what it is I want to keep, and I keep it by giving it. How is this done? By looking, waiting, and judging not. He who must, he who must, will not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. An unforgiving thought protects projection. When my mind is free, I'll give freedom. Receive the gift of God that you can share. It. The only gift that's worthy upon the altar is the atonement. And what is the atonement? But the acceptance of the love of God. The innocence, the purity in which we were created. That's the only gift I value. And by sharing it, I keep it in my awareness. This, this life is about waking up to the truth of what we are. Everybody here knows that. But if I want to have joy, I'm going to learn how to share that. And by sharing it, I keep the joy of it in my awareness. That's the only way. It is the only way. I prayed so long, Holy Spirit, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And there was a voice in my mind that said, but Lori, you can only ever be separated from yourself. 
I can only ever be separated from myself. I can only ever be separated from myself. The self contains us all, and it's impossible that we be separate from it. So if I want joy in my awareness, I'm going to remember what I value and keep it in my awareness by sharing it. And that's forgiveness. It's not done by me. It's done for me. I'm complete. Amen to that, Laurie. Thank you. Uh, that was thank very you. beautiful. Thank you. That was great. Thank you. Lori, let me ask you to roll right into your closing. Well, I'm just I'm just in love with lesson one hundred and fifty nine because it took me so long to understand Christ's vision. But it's the most natural thing. It is the most natural thing. Lesson one hundred and fifty nine is I give the miracles I have received. You understand you are healed when you give healing. You accept forgiveness as accomplished in yourself when you forgive. You recognize your brother as yourself and thus do you perceive that you are whole. There is no miracle you cannot give for all are given you. Receive them now by opening the storehouse of your mind where they are laid and giving them away. Christ's vision is a miracle. It comes from far beyond itself, for it reflects eternal love and the rebirth of love, which never died, but has been kept obscure. Christ's vision pictures heaven, for it sees a world so like to heaven that what God created, perfect, can be mirrored there. The darkened glass the world presents can show but twisted images and broken parts. The real world pictures heaven's innocence. Christ's vision is the miracle in which all miracles are born. It is your source, remaining with each miracle you give and you remember. A miracle is the flip side of forgiveness, and yet remaining yours. It is the bond by which the giver and receiver are united in extension here on earth as they are one in heaven. Christ beholds no sin in anyone. And in his sight, the sinless are as one. Their holiness was given by his Father and himself. Take from his storehouse that its treasures may increase. His lilies do not leave their home when they are carried back into the world. Their roots remain. They do not leave their source but carry its beneficence with them and turn the world into a garden like the one they came from and to which they go again with added fragrance. Now are they twice blessed and here's our joy. The messages they brought from Christ have been delivered and returned to them and they return them gladly unto him. Behold, the store of miracles set out for you to give. Are you not worth the gift when God appointed it be given you? Judge not God's Son, but follow in the way he has established. Christ has dreamed the dream of a forgiven world. 
It is his gift whereby a sweet transition can be made from death to life, from hopelessness to hope. Let us an instant dream with him. His dream awakens us to truth. His vision gives the means for a return to our unlost and everlasting sanctity in God. Amen. 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 Thanks so much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Lee. It was a beautiful call. Thanks, everybody. Yeah.